Well, those who serve often face some general stereotypes. Uh, stereotypes like all veterans have PTSD, all veterans are rigid, veterans can only take orders and not think for themselves. The list goes on and on. Today's guest is going to share how he at one point held some of those beliefs but found that what he was selling veterans short, or, or essentially that he was selling veterans short and missing out on a great talent because of these myths. So welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is the podcast where we interview America's most elite men and women who have served this country, who share their stories of overcoming, their proven lessons in leadership, and their journey to finding mission and purpose. So LeaderQuest published an article uh, called Seven Harmful Misconceptions About Veterans. The article covers the top seven and states, quote, veterans are sometimes put in a box by those who don't understand and labeled as villains, victims, or vindicators. Those three categories sweep aside the broad spectrum of veteran experiences and ignore everything veterans have to offer as complex individuals with unique circumstances, end quote. Of course, PTSD is one of the top. It is actually the big top. So David Alsop, who is an HR and talent executive, senior director, head of uh, human resources at Alterdem Products, which is a leading developer of high-tech dental materials, devices, instruments, worldwide, global company. He also is a contributor and council member at the Forbes Human Resources Council. And he's the founder of a company called Disrupt SLC. And he's here to share his story of what he thought he knew about veterans, what his cohorts thought they knew, and how he over overcame many of those myths. His, day, his dream today is to put a dent in society be gro by growing inclusion, belonging, and welcoming between our many differences. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be here. Yeah, so I, I'll just make it clear that uh, when you and I first spoke, you, you said, listen, I, ha I am not a veteran, uh, but I, I held some of these misconception beliefs. And, you know, through our talking, you know, you used to work at Oscar Mayer, great company. You led their efforts to hire uh, previous veterans or previous military, you know, or, or veterans, um, which I think contributes to why you today view veterans as a solid and often incorrectly tapped market. But you held some of the beliefs that I kind of stated in the early days. So what helped shape those misconceptions? That's a good question. Um, for me, I'd start out that I really have always, growing up, I respected the military, I respected, um, you know, war heroes, and my grandfather actually is a veteran of World War II, so it's always been mm. something that I've always respected, but then we get into life, career, media, how Hollywood presents things, and we start to form, you know, conceptions, and sometimes fall into those misconceptions when it comes to the most critical part of an organization, which is hiring people into it. Right. And so when I got in uh, to the company, I, it was Kraft Foods that owned Oscar Mayer. I moved around. I staffed a lot of positions, and I worked with a lot of people that started to kind of um, reinforce in their minds and share with me their concerns about hiring military veterans uh, on a broader scale. And so I probably started out in that formation phase my first five years with just complaints, you know, of individuals that worked for rigid individuals that sometimes they just lumped them as they were in the military and they tied rigidity with military. Yeah. Um, and so over time, I started to build up these misconceptions where, you know, I knew that it's an important part of our organization to hire the military, but I had leaders that caused some misconceptions with it. And so for me, it wasn't until I got to Oscar, Oscar Mayer where we 
historically it had a very strong uh, approach to hiring veterans um, in military professionals that had been very successful growing into our leadership roles at Oscar Mayer. And so it was during that time that I spent more time with veterans, more time with leaders that were veterans, and really it got to the point for me where I realized, you know what, I fell into um, the misconceptions that we all face in some way, shape, or form, society, human nature, whatever it may be, tends to just lump us into these buckets. Yeah. And kind of that's human nature. We're trying to add meaning, and whether it's to make ourselves feel safe or whatever it is. And, you know, one of the things I've developed in my life and in my passion is how do we break down those misconceptions because of the experience I had with military veterans and other individuals that, you know, got lumped into a group instead of looked at as an individual. And so that's really my journey when it comes to really forming my opinion and overcoming those misconceptions that really came from society, came from interactions that I fell into the trap. And it's yeah. really how do you overcome that trap? Yeah, and it's easy to do. I can see, you know, when you mention, you know, Hollywood or what you see in the media or film or print, um, there's a lot of things reinforcing. Uh, we're, we're kind of taking that broad stroke, you know, that broad brush stroke across all veterans, right? So if you see something on veteran suicide, suddenly you're like, wow, all veterans must struggle with the suicide issue, right? I think human nature, you're speaking to the human nature part of that. And then we get into industry and, you know, people hold those beliefs. It's hard when a veteran walks through that door not to have that be the first thing you think about, right? Right. Yep. And sometimes you do have people that reinforce that stereotype, but that's with anybody, any group. Yeah. There's a stereotype that it got created from somewhere, but when you apply that to a broad population and don't get to know the individual, you start to really expand that stereotype to a reality of action and how you take action on that stereotype. Yeah, so that, that is so good. So, you know, I, I referenced that article, The Seven Common Misconceptions, and one of the shared uh, misconceptions is that veterans don't think uh, for themselves. And it, now that you're sitting in a role where, it, you know, you see a lot of different, you're part of HR, have you found that to be true, that veterans just don't think for themselves? No, not in my interactions. And I think I've been very lucky to be around individuals that um, really did a great job transitioning to our companies that I was in. And so I think that's a false narrative that really is not true. And I think it's something that really when you look at individuals, uh, sometimes I think it depends on the level in the military, the experience of the individual. But when you look outside of the military, some of my experiences with people that really don't think for themselves aren't always the military people. It's a problem with in right. general people have, and it's not relegated to the military. I think the stereotype and the narrative says that because you take orders and because, you know, I see in, um, you know, TV or whatever it may be, people just saluting and taking orders, it kind of reinforces that. But it's, you know, anywhere you go in a society, people are going to have a trouble with authority and how to navigate authority. I actually think if individuals in the military play it right in how they communicate it, they have more experience than a lot of people that are being hired into these companies with authority, how to navigate authority. So in my experience, it probably comes from somewhere and some experience where people view people that really are very rigid with that saluting and that yeah. stereotype of that. But in my experience, I haven't seen it um, when I've interacted with the veterans I've worked with. Yeah, see, that's that's awesome. And now you sit, now you're head of HR, you know, human resources now. What are you doing, uh, in, in maybe this is part of your role or maybe not, but is there something that you guys are doing inside your culture 
um, to overcome misconceptions when it comes to veterans? Yeah, yeah. I joined Ultradent about three years ago after about 13, yeah, 13 years with Kraft Foods. And really what I loved about this organization is we have a core value set that is very strongly lived. And the gap between our actions and our what we say is not that far from reality. And so it's one of the best organizations I've seen with that. So for us, as I've come in, we have a very strong culture that sets us up to be accepting, inclusive, and able to really get to know people. Now, as we're coming into it, we have a lot of work to do. And so what we have traditionally done, and my recruiting team, what we do is we attend twice a year the local veterans fairs with our uh, Utah Veterans and Military Employment Coalition. And so we try to take that action to do that more consistently. But to me, it goes deeper than just showing up. Um, it really is how do you keep your culture and develop your culture to make sure people of different backgrounds, no matter what their background is, can come into our organization, understand our values, and adapt who they are and bring their strengths into the equation of our culture. And so what we're working on this next year is we're working on the principle of employee resource groups and introducing uh, a military employee resource group that we can start using to develop mentorship connections and developing feedback channels so that people from the military, as we hire them, can have a better experience more quickly in the organization to understand how do you navigate this dynamic or the hidden dynamics of the organization or the unwritten rules. And so really that's our next step is we want to build on our culture that already has the ingredients of a core values-based culture that one of the most important core values to us is care and care of the human experience and care and working with each other in a way that we listen to each other. Um, and so in, for us, employee resource groups are going to help us build that um, that dynamic where we know when people come in, they've got a place to go to feel that comfort, that success and understanding and mentorship, how to do that. Um, so to me, we're doing some good things to be able to outreach, but it's more than that. And I, I, I've seen that where the best thing you can do is establish a culture that attracts people and people run to you instead of trying to convince people that you know, if you come here, you're going to love it. It's a balance because people have to believe that and then they have to live that when they get there. So we're trying to make sure it's lived and that experience is um, excellent for military professionals and any anyone that comes into organization that wants to adapt and unify to a culture. Yeah, see, I love that. And it sounds like an, it, I love the core value set and I love that you're talking about values uh, mission and purpose. I gotta believe you guys are probably really clear when you hire. Uh, it's not often that I hear companies talk about core value sets. Now, I know that a lot of companies have their core values, but not often do they talk about them. And here, this is part of your culture. And then moving toward affinity groups or what you call employee resource groups, you know, where you're building those tribes of individuals and really educating each other, it sounds like. Um, on where you where there's strength in unity am i am i summing that up correctly yeah yeah i think it's a strengthening unity it's a unity but it's a unity that helps you feel more comfortable in how to connect with other people's differences um, because the watch out with affinity groups in my experience is they can create a tribe mentality that you only feel comfortable when you're around those people and to Good. me, the ideal yeah. of an affinity group 
is that they create a group that can figure out together how do they influence the organization to understand where they're coming from, from the, you know, the backgrounds that they have, but also mentor each other on, hey, how would you deal with this or how would you, how were you successful in getting up to speed in the organization when it comes to, you know, this experience or this background that we share that I've kind of got to work through how to adapt that to here to be a strength instead of a, a hindrance to me. Um, so for me, that's, that's the important thing to remember about affinity groups and any uh, experience. And that's a watch out for military professionals is that if you start forming a tribe, you start to play into a stereotype that I've heard, which is the foxhole dynamic. Mm, you know, I, you yeah. know, I'm a brother. Our brothers stick together. You have a show called the Band of Brothers and that can drive a dynamic that's fearful to organizations that are in, really focused on inclusion. Yeah. They don't want to bring anyone to the organization that's so focused on, you know, that exclusionary dynamic um, in any dynamic where it's only about me and my brothers, that the women, the females, the diverse backgrounds are put off by that. And so I think it's a watch out with affinity groups not to create that dynamic and reinforce that stereotype. It's important to have those as a, a resource for people to succeed with other people, not just with those people. Uh, that's really good, David. That's, that's, I, and thank you for bringing that to the forefront because I think that is important that, you know, if we do develop tribe mentalities within companies, then we're essentially creating those stovepipes and maybe reinforcing those misconceptions. That's, uh, you know, that's something I, I think I've, I've probably had in the back of my mind, but thank you for bringing that to the forefront. Uh, when you guys hire vets, now I, obviously I think every company wants to hire the right person. And not necessarily just because somebody served do they want to hire. Hopefully, that's not the case. Uh, but they, they just want to hire the right person for the job. And if they happen to serve their country, that's great. Is there something that you notice that veterans do bring to the culture of a company, though? Is there anything that stands out to you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things to me is values to build upon. Mm. You know, in a values-based culture, in organizations that really are trying to build cultures that drive success but also drive the, the hearts of their people to love it there. Um, my belief and what I see and when I read about the military, they develop core values in their experience in the, the military. Right. Yep. And one of the personal experiences I have with a background in the school that I have where I learned about social dynamics and, you know, I got a degree in marriage, family, human development. And we talked a lot about and we see this in society where people in general are starting less and less over time in our society in the U.S. to learn about really strong core values in their homes, whether that be religious values, whether that be parental dynamics that they teach core principles of how to succeed in life and interact with others, um, we're starting to see that's a breakdown in society in broken homes and situations. And so organizations are being challenged that when people are hired into the organization, they they many times are having to create uh, and develop people that um, they're basically doing the role of a parent in many aspects on wow. helping yeah. to coach people on how do you live the right way. How do you make sure you interact with people in a respectful way and listen to them? How is, how would you deal with something where you were being asked to do something against um, the company values or the company policies? And so for me, the core values are something that you can build upon where the military teaches strong core values. It's just a matter of right. how, do you, how do you adapt those and assimilate into an organization that may have different core values, but things that can be complemented with the core values that you bring. 
I think that's so good. I mean, it, it is true. You know, when we go into the military, they essentially strip us down, right, to nothing um, physically and mentally in some cases, and then build us back up and recreate, you know, who they need us to be in order to, to be in alignment with this mission and purpose. And, and it does have everything to do with discipline and integrity and values and honor and, and courage and, you know, commitment, you know, solid values that you're talking about. And, and it, it's interesting that you bring up the family dynamic because it, it is so true. And I would agree with you, uh, not that we want to go down this path, but I would certainly agree with you that your family dynamic has changed. And we have always said, you know, here at our organization that, you know, when you, for those that are married, when you keep the marriage strong, when you keep the family strong, you keep this country strong. And those who get out of the service at least have that sense of family. Right. And so when they get into a company like what you're describing, your company, where there are core values, where they can assimilate those core values, I think success could be bred there uh, in a big way. So I salute you guys for what you guys are doing there. Um, you know, Mike, one, I don't I, think, yeah, I don't even want to I don't even want to stop there on the values because yeah. a couple other things come to mind that I would you know tell people to build upon when they're interviewing or interacting with HR professionals, recruiting professionals or executives. Um, it's also the organizational experience. A lot of times when organizations are hiring into their, you know, their first step roles to grow leaders into their organization, they're hiring from universities and colleges. And the battle that they have with those experiences is a lot of those candidates are very much educated in education, but not in people and not in organization. Mm. So, you know, military yeah. professionals bring organizational experience on how to navigate an organization that is very large, and that can help them. It's also a watch out in smaller startup organizations where, you know, you need to adapt your experience in an organization to a smaller cohort or a team. Um, the only other thing I would say that just comes top of mind is the agile to change. There is a lot of change that happens with people that have real-world military experience where you're having to adapt to each situation and change what you do. And so I think when it, military professionals can call out their experiences where they've been in, you know, maybe it's a war zone. Maybe it's a situation where you had to change everything you were doing to a new uh, location or a new strategy. Um, I think those, those experiences that can be brought out where organizations constantly change, but they have to work through change with people that sometimes don't like change. And so they bring a strength in that that they can really bring to the table if they've had those experiences. So how do they communicate that? Because that's a great point. I, I, I would I would agree with you on all those points. So how, if they're walking into an interview and there might be this idea that they, you know, that the person sitting across the table has this misconception, how does the interviewee communicate what you just said in a way that could maybe overcome that misconception. Yeah, I I uh I would counsel them just to really understand and first of all research the organization, research anything you can find out about them so you know going in what their values are. Yeah. But with that organizational experience, give them the ability to see and picture you in their organization with how you navigated your organization, whether you be a leader or a subordinate. Um, how did you interact with your boss in a way that helped, you know, show them that you didn't just salute, but you interacted as a partner. You interacted with honest feedback interaction with your supervisor um, in the military, um, helping them understand how you worked with different departments in the military 
and broke down the typical dynamic where you're in a silo in your team, show them how you worked across the lines of a team into building a successful initiative or working through a successful situation where you had to work with others that weren't your direct interactions on a day-to-day basis. And so just pulling out those examples that show that, hey, you, you guys have an organization where there's a lot of change. Um, you have a big team and you guys have however many people. My experiences in the military aren't that far different from what you have. I would love to bring my experiences from working with others and really just adapt those to your you know, organization and show what I can do to help my boss be successful or help work through different dynamics where you have to work across teams. So, you know, talking about it in ways that they can picture and overcome their stereotype as you're talking is really helpful. And so when yeah. you talk about, you know, that's something that you know they're going to be worried about, just attack it with the experience of, hey, I've been there. I've done that. And it may be in the military, but here's how it works in the military. Because the only other thing I would say about that is a lot of us that didn't serve in the military really have no idea what it's like outside of, you know, what we talk about with others. But most people that aren't interacting in a day-to-day basis with mentors in the military they go off the movies. They go yeah. off this Hollywood example, and I think we've all learned that Hollywood doesn't do a great job projecting um, the broad reality. They go after the sensational reality. And so, yeah. for me, you know, you got to break that down and help people understand. Here's really what's going on in the military. Here's what's really going on in my experience, and then they can break down and understand. Oh, that's not what I thought the military was like. That's not what I thought the experience was like. Oh, that's really good. So, uh, David, I you. You and I talk about your company, Alterdent, and how you guys are always looking for top talent. What is the profile of someone who succeeds in your company? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I would start out with um, two things. I talk about some behaviors that really stand out to me in general as I see it in our company, and then our core values. I can just share that with people, what our core values are. And so I call it humble confidence. Um yeah. You know, one of the best experiences I've had in staffing is when you look for people and you identify people that are not only competent, but they have the humility to accept feedback, to understand that they're not knowing, they don't know everything. They're not perfect and they can admit mistakes, but they have the confidence to be able to stand up and, you know, present something or present an idea while accepting feedback along the way. So humble confidence to me is something that people that um, can balance the fact that they have confidence and competence in something but be humble to know that they can always learn to be better and accept feedback is a very important thing because when you go to the uh, really the opposite of those two things, you have people that, one, that are very humble but they don't have the ability to stand up and make a case. And then you have people that are confident that border on narcissism that, you know, you really can't help them develop because they won't listen. They won't take it to heart. So humble confidence is one thing I throw out there right from the start in any organization. And then the core values of ultra-dent are integrity, care, quality, innovation, and hard work. You know, we want to base everything that we do, the decisions we make, the behaviors we have, the projects we um, implement, and the experience for our customers to reflect those values. And so if you have those values naturally, I think you're going to fit in very well in our organization. Um, if you have some refinements, none of us is perfect. We have things we're working on. Um, you know, understanding our values, they're published on our site, you know, and really looking in deep on how we communicate those values is something that if you, you know, really understand those values and can bring value add to our culture, 
that's what we look for. And so I'd say those two things are values and humble confidence. That's that's pretty awesome. So if somebody wanted to learn more about the opportunities that you guys have at Ultradent, how should they reach out? What is the website? The website is ultradent.com slash careers. Okay. So they can go to our website. We've actually just upgraded it with more information to help people kind of see inside our organization more than we ever have. So it's a great place to start. Uh, they can send an email to learn more and ask for more information on positions at, uh, at uh, recruiting at ultradent.com. And then social media is a big thing that if people are on Facebook, if they're on uh, Instagram or any of the accounts of social media, um, they can find us just by searching at Ultradent or we have a hashtag called YIUltradent that highlights different experiences our employees have inside the company. So those three mediums between our, our site, our email, and social media are great places to start. Oh, that's awesome. Well, David, thank you for being on the show. Totally appreciate it. For those of you that really want to get in touch, be sure you do uh, visit the website at ultradent.com. Send an email, recruiting at ultradent.com. And for those of you who are interested in discovering your post-service identity, prepare, plan, execute on your best year ever after transition, you can certainly visit us here at operationmilitaryfamily.com or you can DM me on LinkedIn. David, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you, Mike. 